to Wolfpack Women. I'm Denise. And I'm Susie. And today we have the pleasure of speaking to Shakti Sundari. She is a priestess of love and sacred sexuality. Oh my God, I'm so excited to talk to you today. Well, we both are. <laughs> welcome, welcome. How are you doing? I'm doing really good. Um, yeah, I'm feeling really great this morning. I've done my yoga, I've done my little abs and arms workout, and I've been chanting a little bit this morning as well. So everything's fired up. <laughs> awesome. I'm going to go to the gym later, so I'm not quite there yet. <laughs> Just buzzing off coffee. So, um, you know, obviously we got you on here because um, we uh, were inspired by you. There was an energy about you. And so I feel like. Um, just tell us a bit about yourself to begin with, and we'll just take it from there. Because, um, like, how did you how did you become the priestess of love and sacred sexual? Like, what, what, how how does one become? This? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it is a very long story, so I'll try and give you the very short version. But about twenty years ago, my life took a complete about turn, like one hundred and eighty degrees. Um, from being an academic actually and before that I was a business person to completely shifting gears and working in holistic well-being and like teaching conscious dance completely different and um, as my life took this huge about turn then my marriage unraveled and it unraveled around the issue of sexuality and that propelled me into um, moving countries, losing all my money, losing my home, becoming a single parent. And it sounds terrible, it was quite awful. And this new journey of seeking to make sense, to understand, to heal, to figure my way out. And then I just started to follow where I felt guided to go. And this led me on this path of exploration, body work, tantra, yoga, meditation, more dance. And as this all unfolded, I began to teach all of this stuff. And then somewhere along the way, so really I was teaching what I needed to heal and I was teaching what I needed to learn. But also I discovered within myself this innate ease to connect with sexual energy so it's something it was something that was very easy it just kind of dropped in the connection with shakti or life force or kundalini it was just there and it that had always been there and the ease of being in the body had always been there and the ease of experiencing pleasure had always been there but i didn't understand it within the bigger context um and then my discoveries helped me to begin to put that all into a context of the divine feminine and the goddess and the divine in a relationship and you know it was just all so mind-blowing and so then just as part of my ongoing trainings and initiations at a certain point this thing just popped up and it was like this priestess training um, through the goddess temple in Glastonbury and I just knew like with everything else it was ah oh, you have to do this you have to do it okay so I just followed and actually, uh, there's a beautiful story around it. Um, it was my coming up to my 50th birthday. And I didn't know how I was going to pay for it. And I did a, um, what's that called? When you do like, um, 
can't think of the word when you get your friends to to crowdfund for you okay yeah, yeah. so for my 50th birthday I just invited everybody who loved me to donate that and it was like this is crazy it was just exactly the right amount to pay for the priestess it was like a one-year initiation so if that was my 50th birthday journey um doing that yeah awesome who, who did you do the priestess is it priestess hood training is that what so um through the glastonbury goddess temple um oh. they have yeah they have different uh, goddess energies that they work with so i was working with rhiannon the goddess rhiannon um in the lineage of mary magdalene uh, and that lineage is sacred sexuality and love so that's you know and then there are other goddess energies and other priestess initiations that you can do through the the goddess temple there um there's a whole range but yeah that was what called me because that was already my path and that's what i know that i'm here to be wow hmm. and so um when it comes to uh sexual energy um i feel like a lot of women I mean, I think there's like a stat somewhere, not that I know it off the top of my head, but um, a lot of women, um, when they have sex, they don't orgasm because for whatever reason. Um, is that the sort of thing that you um, like work on just to, to allow women to um, enjoy pleasure without shame and, uh, and release sort of any inhibitions? Um, well, let's... Let's see how I can answer that. <clears throat> you know, most of the women who come to work with me don't necessarily come with that as an overriding issue. Um, but everything that I teach and guide would address that amongst many other things. And actually, I'm writing a book about it at the moment called Rapture. Um, and it really is a case of literally flipping everything that we've been taught around. Because it's like we've been taught we've been conditioned and we've been programmed to think like men and to expect our bodies to respond like men and to be there to satisfy men's needs. It's kind of, that's the conditioning. And that's why, um, well, that's one reason why for so many women, it doesn't work the way that it is. And the other reason is because of the patriarchal setup, there's this split that is embodied between the body and the mind, between the sex and the spirit, like so many people are living up in their heads, they're not in their bodies, you know, so everything is separated off. And then of course, there's this overlay of shame and guilt and embarrassment, you know, and a lack of self-love and an appreciation for the body and its gifts. So with all of those layers in the way <laughs> it's no surprise then that women are having difficulty experiencing pleasure uh, or experiencing orgasm and you know so it's all of it's a kind of a case of we having to take off all of those false layers to remember and reveal like oh this is what I really am this is who I oh this this is what I'm capable of oh my god I had no idea that Oh, oh, wow, I can have a whole body orgasm. I can have multiple orgasms. I don't even need to be touched to have an orgasm. I don't even need a partner to experience this. Wow, why didn't anyone teach me this? <laughs> <laughs> me and Susie are like, when, when, yeah. where can we sign up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
And so, so who are, what are these um, women that come to you? What, what do they come to you? Like, what is their like problem? I guess, what is, when someone, um, I guess, sees the priestess of love, sacred sexuality is, what is the, what is the pool? Then yeah. it's not, you know, the whole sex thing. Well, it is that, but it's more than that. So this is, again, this is the other thing. It's like the, this, the sort of the conditioning and the, the split off. First of all, women have been separated from their sexuality. They've been separated from their bodies. They've been, but for me, that, that is because when a woman is connected into her sexuality as divine, when she is connected to her body and living from that place, then she's powerful. And as you can see, she's radiant. She's magnetic. She's able to speak and channel wisdom, truth, intuitive knowing, like um, open to a field of healing and power that is beyond the personal. So all of these gifts and, and capabilities and empowerments open up to you when you're connected to this aspect of yourself. So that's the, the, the pull is that women want that and they feel that and, and there is this kind of global movement that's been happening for like what the last 10, 20, 30 years or more of this energy of the feminine rising. And so, so many women have, have felt that and answered the calling. You know, I have to, I'm sure you are as well. It's like that this is just unavoidable, this feeling of we're rising up and it's, it's, it's part of the evolutionary process that's happening in, in the world. That's why I was saying before we came online, you know, it's everything's connected. So for me, this evolutionary process of the feminine rising, bringing back the body, bringing back sexuality, bringing back love, bringing back connection is what is affecting and um, is a part of what we're seeing that's happening politically in the world as well. That shift, you know, everything that's the old way has to go. It's got to be cleared out. <clears throat> it's, it's, you know, it's falling away, even though, you know, it's falling away. So we're part of that. So women see this in me and that's what's calling them. It's the energy. It's the energy of the divine feminine. And yet it's, it's kind of massive and global and transpersonal and transcendent, but it is also very personal. And it will also directly influence your experience of yourself as a sexual being. It has to, because the change goes all the way through. And so then when you come down to the personal, then you're going to come up against what there is within you that is blocking your opening to this, which includes, why can't I have more pleasure? Why am I not orgasming? Why do I feel ashamed of my body? Because that has to be healed to create this opening for this energy to move mm. through you. It's interesting. Um, just this last week, um, I really had a thought that it's, it's like men have become or need to become more men, more masculine, and women need to become more feminine. It's almost like um, there's been a sense of just trying to be too PC about it, so or equal, but everyone has a role, and the woman, obviously, the feminine feels has been suppressed for so long. It is a patriarchy, and and, and yet, and when I had my awakening, um, 
that was the main thing was the rise of the feminine. And, um, and then like over a year ago, um, when I started the Wolfpack Women, the whole point of this was to, to raise the feminine energy as well as like um, coaching women to do that. And um, how do you see it? Do you, do you, do you see the men, the, the male, like, cause it feels like more women are standing up for their children, for the truth. And then there are men that are, but there are men that are more like, well, one guy that I listened to, he describes some men as wet wipes. So <laughs> they're not, you know, they're they're quite in favor of just going and just being obedient. And that and mm. that's not that's not like I guess the masculine role. I'd like to hear your short take on that. Right. Um there's a question there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, no, I I hear it and it's it's a, it's kind of really important, but also <clears throat> quite a delicate issue because I know that, um, well, a couple of things I want to say before I say some more is one, men can become very sensitive and defensive when they feel like they're being attacked and told that they're not good enough. You know, this is the thing. Um, so that's one part of my answer. Uh, and I, I really kind of feel that and get that. It's like, for fuck's sake, like we can't do anything right. You're always telling us we're not good enough. And of course, that just sort of deflates them even more. Um, on, and also another part of my answer is that in this rising up of the feminine, um, part of our healing is to forgive, uh, let go our resentments because pretty much every woman I've ever worked with has some layer of resentment of the masculine as a result of past experiences of abuse, of abandonment, you know, of betrayal so this all has to be healed within us as part of the process so that we really can meet the masculine from an empowered mature place within ourselves um, and then the you know so it's all about this this the inner relationship with our inner masculine and for the mask for the men about their inner relationship with the feminine so what I understand this this awakening and the rising up to be is for both men and women to be doing this inner work, you know, and I see, I see that happening, but then I, I will address, um, you know, cause there has been this thing that's been going around for so long. And I think people sometimes sidestep it. And it's like all the women are doing the work and they're saying, where the fuck are the men? Where the fuck are the men? Like, where are they? You know? And I think there is realistically, there has been a difference um, because that impulse to evolve has come more through and from the feminine. So she has been leading and it, she has been more, <clears throat> excuse me, more prominent. And uh, this is where, again, when I speak about the masculine, we all have masculine, we all have feminine. Um, so I'm not pointing the finger at men, but there's an immature feminine and there's an immature masculine. And so the immature masculine is lazy doesn't like change, won't take responsibility, um, and isn't living in integrity. So we can ask ourselves that question for ourselves, and then we can look out and see how that's happening. But I, I don't ever want to be the one who's saying this. Although sometimes, you know, when my Shakti is really on fire, I do kind of feel like saying, and I did say it to the Labour Party guy who came canvassing and knocked on my door the other day. I said, you guys need to grow some balls. And I'm, so I'm going to get political now and I don't care. You guys need to grow some balls. You've not offered any opposition. Like grow some. 
stand up and say what you mean and 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 represent the people and speak out so this is this is part of it you know and so this is my fierce feminine speaking but it's also my masculine who has integrity and is not afraid to speak my truth you know and i do see the need for that and of course because men now not the masculine but men are physically bigger and more powerful um and i guess for me this is just my belief and my understanding when this dynamic of the masculine and the feminine is truly in balance the masculine is there to serve and to protect the feminine which means he is there to serve and protect nature the earth the children the women so that's that's the calling for the awakened masculine so if that is there and you're not following it out of fear, uh, wanting to stay part of the pack, you know, there's an element of an unresolved immaturity there to be addressed, I would say. So how's that for an answer? Yeah, no, I like that. I like that. Um, so <laughs> I guess the next question would be then, um, because this, I think this is where me and Susie have struggled, well, not struggled, but uh, like talked about and got frustrated, um, is how, and I guess this everything has its time, but when seeing so many people complying with the narrative, um, i.e. the term sheep, <laughs> versus the opposite, I feel like the wolf among the sheep. And so... Right. What do you think? How do you think that's going to turn? Is that just time? Is that just events? How is that shift going to be possible so that there is a there is one? There's obviously going to be one, right? Hmm. Yep. Yeah. So a couple of things. Um, it always starts with the individual. So it's very easy to, I know, and I like, I'm not perfect. Like just want to put my hand up and say, like, I'm not some fucking perfect guru person myself. Right. Uh, so I struggle with things like everyone else does. Uh, but yeah, it starts with you as the individual. And like I said before, the inner work that you do impacts the whole impacts your family impacts your community so if there's anything that you are uh, spiritually bypassing or overlooking within yourself you know go back to that as the first point because as part you know the awakening is for us all but we do it ourselves in this body here and that changes the energy one by one by one all around so that's the very first thing so no more pointing the finger and I personally don't like using the term sheep. I don't like to use pejorative terms towards people who have a different perspective. And again, you know, truthfully, sometimes I do get pissed off and I do say, oh, for fuck's sake, you know, God. But I don't like to be pejorative because I just think it creates defensiveness and more separation. Um, yeah, so it starts with the individual. And to give, I'll give you an example, um, which I love to give, which is that my dad is 91. He's... Uh, worked hard all his life he's read the daily mail all his life he's watched the bbc news all his life and somehow or other about six weeks 
sorry, not six weeks, about six months ago, he had this like seeing that everything is a lie and he's cancelled his subscription to the Daily Mail. He says he can't bear to watch the television anymore and he's saying to me, when is the revolution going to happen? So things can change. And that wasn't through me badgering him. Mm. You know, uh, I sent him a couple of emails and then I've just sort of stood in my truth without being um, pushy. Mm. So it's, it's really interesting. So that it starts with you, but then it also does start with being, like I said, before we came on being in integrity. And I do understand it's easier for some and harder for others. But right at the very beginning of all of this, I had to ask myself, what do I stand for? And is there anywhere on any level where I'm not being an in integrity with what I stand for? And I'm like, I stand for love, I stand for truth. I have to honor what I feel is right and true within my own being. And that includes not following certain mandates from the very start because that just doesn't align for me. And I'm not gonna let anyone tell me otherwise simple um so it takes i think that might take courage i don't know it doesn't feel like it does anymore to me it just feels normal um but then it takes moving from that place of of alignment within your own being into integrity into action into speech and moving in that way through life so it does require the strength to say, I don't care who likes me and who dislikes me. I don't care if this is the rule or not the rule. I care that this is what feels true and right. Um, I have two, I have two things. Like I have an ultimate faith that everything is going to work out. And I don't, you know, I don't know what the ultimate trajectory of things is going to be any more than anyone does. Um, but I'd have a deep sense of trust at the very core of my being. I've never felt fear. I've just felt like, you know, I just know everything that's happening is, is all right. And at the same time, I do feel a, a sense of uh, firepower to walk my talk more than ever before. Do you want to ask anything, Susie? Now, where do I begin with all that? What you've just said, wow, we Shakti. I've been making notes all the way through because like I said, when you, when you walk and talk your truth you've got your true essence and that's all I see in you your true essence you are walking and talking it there's there's no denying of that uh, and and I like how you mentioned that all your work is to do with energy and we've all got energy that is that essence that we all seem to want to bottle up and take everywhere but and we all have it um you mentioned um obviously you it seems not weird it just seems that Everybody that you speak to that is going and walking their truth, they've all been through something in their life. They've all had some, you know, 360 degree, you know, I know I suffered it myself. So, but we all have this, but it's, it's, it's all about awareness, about taking us to where we're meant to be and what we're meant to be doing. But you did mention such a great 
thing because I work with emotions all the time and how many people live in their heads and not in their body. Um, and that really fascinates me because people are so much in their head, especially in the last year. You know, I always said when I did talks, I never talk about the pandemic. The only virus I talk about is fear and anxiety because that is that is skyrocketing like nobody's business. So if anybody is listening and thinking, oh yeah, I'd, I'd love to, I'd love to know what, what, how do you get yourself out of your head and into your body? Because I normally, we talk about feelings and emotions. So we get people to, um, you know, focus on that part of their body where it is. But what, what would you say to anybody who's probably listening in and they are all in their head because that's what people do, don't they? They think it's the logic the thing is, you know what to do, but logically you try and work it all out. You try and understand it all when there's mm. nothing to understand. You've got to go by how you feel. Mm. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the mind, again, in, in another sort of in another sort of quite simplistic way, you can think of the mind as the masculine and the body as the feminine. Or that's one kind of polarity way of thinking about it. So that the mind masculine has been super privileged the thing is, um, what I want to say to the mind that's listening, the mind doesn't have all the answers. <laughs> it thinks it does, and it wants to control everything. And that's the bit that can like whir around like crazy and just create more and more and more anxiety and fear. And what brings brings us all back down into the body is simple things like, I know this is gonna like seem so simple, but like movement, nature, the breath, paying attention to sensation in the body. You know, this is why every morning I do um, yoga uh, or I dance. Every day I go for a walk for at least an hour in nature. Part of the yoga will include pranayama, so breathing, just paying attention to the breathing. But you don't have to even know a technique. Just literally, if you're feeling yourself getting carried away into the mind, just tell yourself, okay, I'm going to pay attention to my breath for the next five minutes and just notice the in-breath and the out-breath. And that immediately brings you in into sensation. And I'm going to pay attention to physical sensation for the next five minutes. You know, can I feel my bum on the chair right now while I'm listening to this? You know, can I feel my back against the chair? Can I feel my face moving? That's like come into physical sensation. Uh, and this is so, so important. Again, like I'm teaching a group of women right now on my rapture course. And it just so happens <clears throat> that these three women are really up in their heads a lot. And so every day we're doing dancing. We're doing kundalini shaking. We're doing meditations that aren't about the head. So I ask women to meditate on their vulva, on their yoni, on their vagina, so to meditate and breathe into your yoni. So that brings you right on down into the base, into your womb, into your sacred yoni. So those are just a few examples. The other way, so that's kind of coming down and in to sensation, to embodiment. The other way is meditation. Uh, so I've mentioned one form of meditation, but I do also do a stillness meditation practice every single day, at least once, if not twice, because with that, without that, my mind would go into overdrive probably too. And so, we, you know, the mind is something to master um, rather than let it lead you. Like people talk about wild horses or monkey mind. So to master the mind, we have to 
train it and meditation is a way of training yourself to experience deeper qualities of stillness in your being and so the stiller the mind the more wisdom you have access to mm. Mm. I love everything that you've said there and you're so right you know we we live in a world where we're overloaded with so much data and information and and people are getting lost in all this and you put it in such a simple way because this is the truth it is simple now you also touched on uh, men and um, how sensitive they are and they are sensitive and I think the more and more men I've worked with when they get down to their truth they don't feel as if they've been cared for or nurtured so I do think there's a shift happening somewhere even for the male generations to see that actually there's a lot more caring and sensitive men if they just allow themselves to drop the bullshit of the past of it's not okay to cry it's not okay to share your feelings it's you know men can heal too you know I mean and for but for a lot of men, I think it's hard for them to actually is it hear and understand because they don't feel as valued as, you know, like years ago, they were the breadwinners, weren't they? They, you know, they knew their place in the world kind of thing. They got up, they went to work, supplied for the family. Whereas now, you don't get that now, do you? Men are like, um, I know I speak to some that feel undervalued or they just want to protect, they just want to, you know, so I, I believe there's also a shift happening for the male population as well as the women because there's some stories out there, for, especially if you give them that safe space to say it as it is. Um, they too have been uh, through experiences that, that are teaching them to rise higher, but it's mm -hmm. like they still don't know how because they feel that this sensitivity, this vulnerability about them is a weakness. Hmm. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, one thing I want to say in, in response to that is that, you know, I use the word patriarchy a lot just because it's quick and easy and it kind of sums a lot of things up. And there can be the assumption that it's when I use that word or when we use that word, it's just saying women who've been oppressed. But actually, if you just think of it as a thought form or as a narrative or as an ideology, it has negatively impacted men and women equally actually so that's my belief that's my understanding but it's you know the, the the impact on women has been highlighted rather than the impact on men also so um you know i do think for sure men are in the catching up and the awakening and and kind of like this they're still in the chrysalis many of them not not all place of like the old ways kind of crumbling away and it's like, how do I reform myself? What does it look like to be a man now when I don't have these old ways of being to cling on to, to form my identity? So how does the true masculine, the mature masculine, the awake masculine, how does that move through me? How does that articulate through me? Because there aren't too many role models of that. What does it look like? How do I walk, talk? How do I merge my sensitivity, my feminine, my feeling nature with my mature masculine who is a leader who is in integrity who does speak his truth who does walk his talk who is on purpose how do I align and merge that and it's it's not like it happens overnight like it doesn't for any woman you know we, we're all I've been doing this stuff for almost 20 years like I said it's, it's an ongoing process it's not like we get somewhere and it's done 
but it's it's kind of this beautiful combination of of humility and uh, yeah humility and awareness I think awareness and also like women being in men's circles being in men's groups seeking out mentors you know being in safe places where you can fall apart and show your vulnerability and recognize that there is strength in that not weakness because that's part of the myth the myth is that to be vulnerable and show emotion is weak in men and women and it's kind of again everything is a lie it's like it's the opposite when we can feel our emotion that's strong when we can allow that emotion to flow through us that's just so strong so powerful and it connects us to our truth and then we, we can move from an integrated place it's actually when emotion is suppressed and contracted and denied that we weaken ourselves we weaken our bodies we weaken our minds and our subconscious has got a greater hold over us because it's not acknowledged it's not being seen mm, mm. oh i love that i love what you're saying it's it's a really good perspective your perspective is brilliant to um listen to um i did want to touch on your uh, how you said about your dad that everything is alive because i was mentioning to denise last week that when I first did my NLP training, uh, my trainer there 10 years ago sat down and told us all that everything is a lie. And then I said last week, I've woke up and I think everything is a lie. What, what's going on? And now you've just confirmed something for me that's like blew it up a bit more just for me to think about what has it, you know, what, what's it brought for me to, to believe that everything is a lie. Um, I find that fascinating because I do, I do. I just, I could ponder on everything is a lie. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. That line just came through when I was writing my book. And the more I kind of went with it, I just kept seeing the lie more and more and more. And I could see how this lie just keeps everyone small, disempowered, disenfranchised, uh, stuck in self-doubt, stuck in self-judgment. And it just masks the reality, which is that we're all these most magnificent beings with so much uh, beauty, love, goodness, talent, gifts, like that we're all God, we're all expressions of the divine. And that, you know, the lie masks that and people are still going around believing the lie. And I can, I can see it more and more clearly, more and more clearly, the mm. lie, the lie, the lie. And it's like, oh my God. But you do not feel this is this is what I've experienced recently, which has made me want to um, choose um, people that I work with even more so than I do um, through their conditioning. So even though they've done the the work, they trust the universe, the divine. They're trying to get information from source. They still believe there's the conditioning is that strong that no matter. And I'm not trying to influence, but I'm just trying to say, oh look this is a possibility, go and have a look at this. And mm. the resistance there has been such that they won't, I can feel the resistance completely. How do we go past, how, how, I mean, I don't know what the question is. Is it, is it how can somebody do this work and still be conditioned? But how, is there, is there certain people that are not gonna see that conditioning to see the lie? 
I don't know what the question is, but I feel like whatever your answer is going to be is sufficient. <laughs> 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 uh okay um yeah so first of all what comes up is compassion compassion for self and other and recognition that you know some people some very lucky people the scales come off their eyes like instantly all in one go but for most of us me included it's been a gra more gradual process um yeah, it's been a more gradual process. So we're all in different places with that and that's okay. And what I can, I can only speak from my own experience and, and the, the, the parts that, yeah, there's two things actually. Um, so first of all, growth and evolution is, is a spiral. And um, there's moments when we open, there's moments when we close, there's moments when we see, there's moments when we don't see. And the goddess does this also. She reveals, she conceals, she reveals, she conceals. So for all of us, and particularly for the feminine, because we always have those moments where we go into our dark, um, like whether it's every month or some other cycle that we're working with, you know, part of the evolutionary process is to forget, to go into hopelessness, to die and to rebirth. So that's part, for me, that's part of my evolutionary process. <clears throat> and then what for me has kind of stopped or resisted the seeing more clearly, um, is bless you it's a i'm like saying bless you to myself it's like <laughs> a fear of change and a fear of responsibility something about my current situation is just that little bit too cozy and comfortable for me to prefer this is you know speaking about past um the change that i know i'm going to have to take responsibility for if I acknowledge what at some deep level I do know is true. So I know it's somewhere and that little seed of knowing somewhere is going to, is going to be there. That seed is there. Can't avoid it. Even if you pretend and you're like, you're like, no, I can't see it. No, I can't hear it. No, but it's there. The seed is there and it's going to blossom at some point. It's unavoidable. And all I can say is every time I've resisted, I've regretted, not taking the next step afterwards a little bit but you know everything in perfect timing divine timing we get flowed to where we need to flow in perfect timing and I, yeah again that's been for me like a learning to just sit back and trust and know that um, I'm not in control <laughs> yeah that's the truth um so in this last year or is it like 14 15 months what has your growth been like? Like when you think back, because I was looking at my journal like a few months ago and just reading stuff that I'd written in September, I was like, oh my God, <laughs> you're not, I'm not like that now. So is there, is there, is there a, uh, a difference between you, you yourself and I? <laughs> um, yeah, for sure. Because it's, it's, the growth is ever ongoing. Um, but I guess the last, this point in time, like this last one has been massive, hasn't it? Mm. Or has it? <laughs> um, I wouldn't say this has been the most massive thing for me. And, and like, you know, I recognize I speak from, um, well, I was going to say privilege, but it's not. I've worked hard to be, to be in the place I'm in, actually. 
<laughs> so it's not privileged. I've earned it. Um, for the most part, I've navigated this last 14 months with a lot of joy and equanimity. Um, I've watched my mother die. Um, she didn't die of anything that everyone's talking about, beginning with C. Um, I don't know if I'm, I just don't want to, yeah. So mum, yeah, so my mum died and just witnessing her in her last months was a growth experience for me and sort of opened me to more love. Um, Sorry to hear about your mum. Oh, well, bless her soul, she, you know. Um, yeah, but it, so that opened me, expanded me to more love. Uh, I've been through uh, having a brief love affair with a man 20 years younger than me that was um, had some beautiful sex and I also had some new learnings around my relating and sort of more healing. So every relationship I ever have, it's always deepens me into greater degrees of seeing myself because that's what relationship is about. And um, I've had my kids both with me, which was unexpected because my son was away at university. So I've navigated living with two older teenagers in the home much more of the time and actually finding the beauty and the harmony in that so all of that's been amazing and my work has just kind of gone from strength to strength so I've grown in I've grown in confidence I've grown in the capacity to allow more to get out of the way of what wants to come through me and to trust more that what comes through me is 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 just exactly the right thing so that has grown in the last year or so for me and my work so I feel like what's coming through is more true and more powerful and less to do with I myself um what's your next what is what is your core being here? Like that seat that you kind of might be ignoring the, the next step. What is, what is it? Cause I feel like where we are now, we're going to make some sort of impact, right? We're leading the way in which our truth needs to be seen, heard. And, and so where do you feel, where, where does your, where do you feel like your role is in that? And what's the sense that you get? Hmm. Oh gosh. Well, um, and has it always been there as well? I mean, yeah. So there's, again, I always seem to answer one question with about three different things. The work that I do as, you know, as a teacher, as a, as a mentor, as a coach in, in the field of awakening for women and sexual sacred sexuality, you know, that, and love, that's always, that's, that's my calling. So that core essence is, I'll never say never, but I don't feel that's going to change. Um, how it expresses and what comes through and how that operates may change. I don't know. I don't sort of have a vision of that. But one thing that has changed is I used to plan ahead a lot and sort of, you know, have my whole calendar planned out in a very masculine way. And I don't operate like that anymore. It's literally, what am I going to do this month? What am I going to do now? So I can't think ahead in the way that I used to. I can't plan ahead. I have to, because if I try to do that, it doesn't feel authentic. Um, so this is a case of trusting the feminine because I have to just wait and wait. And sometimes I don't know what's going to come next. I don't know where, how I'm going to pay the bills. 
and it's like I have to wait and trust and then she'll come and she'll say right you need to do this now so I have to wait for that so it's trusting it's working in an entirely different way um, than the old way of like strat you know plan ahead have a strategy you know have your calendar sorted for the whole year I don't know I don't know what's going to come next exactly I just know that that sphere of what I'm called to do is what I'm called to do um, and it's interesting like I'm having lots more invitations to do these these interviews lately that was part of my vision board for this year was to sort of expand my reach through this kind of thing and it's just happened organically like I haven't been doing anything to make it happen but I set the intention about four months ago and it has been happening um, so I love that I love how those things just unfold through you know having a desire and then letting it go and and waiting for the invitation to come awesome um so I've got a question here right so obviously you have gone through a divorce this is this is a relationship-based question uh -huh. um so I don't actually know where to start so in terms of do you believe in soulmates do you like obviously you're experiencing your uh you had a relationship and that ended there's this is quite a there's a it's a loaded question oh, so what do, you, what do you believe in terms of relationships first of all secondly um do you believe that there's somebody out there with you and then thirdly um when you are with somebody energetically um and this is what i've heard that um a relationship with someone their energetic hooks can last for eight months or you could clear it i guess and not eight months eight years um so choose who you sleep with wisely um so yeah but there you go <laughs> oh my god i'm so bad i don't even know why i do this i'm so bad at asking <laughs> questions <laughs> but i love all of these it's questions you're nosy. yeah i am i, I am nosy. no i love it I love, it's brilliant you know all of this is completely what i'm mad about and love i love talking about and you know being with so it's fine so uh, I'll see if I can remember from the beginning through to the end I think I think my perspective on um, sacred relationship has changed over time and through my own experience my own study my own teaching my own practice because I you know I practice teach study Tantra which is about the unification of polarity including masculine and feminine within uh, so my, you know, in my beginning of my journey, I was definitely looking for someone out there to complete me. And it was all about like, where is he? Where is he? Where is he? Where is he? And then every time I was like looking for him, I'd meet him and I'd project my ideal partner onto him. And then there'd be like, it would fall apart. It would end. And I'd be devastated, absolutely devastated. So like, this is my personal journey, loads of experiences of heartbreak, abandonment, betrayal, rejection, again and again and again. What that did for me was open my heart more and turn me back to myself, to seeing that there's more in me that I need to love and um, that the unification ultimately is only ever in here uh, with God and with self and with my inner masculine it has to be in here and I would also add again just like I'm completely open you know I was also in an abusive relationship for seven or eight months uh, 
in 2016 to 17. So, you know, I've had all those experiences in my journey. Um, I do know and I do believe that relationship is, is a very potent crucible for awakening and growth or healing and transformation. Totally. Um, whether it's good or bad, either way, every, every, every interaction actually, but particularly when we go into that crucible of love and sexual intimacy, so much gets touched and triggered. You know, this is what I say to people like for me, when I'm working, I'm living with my kids, my friends, it's easy. Nothing's really like triggering me. Go into intimate relationship, boom, all my stuff gets triggered. That's where the growth is. Thank you very much. Doesn't always feel comfortable, but that's what I'm here for. I'm here to grow. I'm here to love. I'm here to become more of me and to recognize myself as God. So that's, that's my purpose in life. This might not be yours, but that's mine. So in a way, even though sometimes relationships don't work out, what I've seen more and more is that the man who comes is the perfect man for me in that moment. And he will bring the perfect gift to me in that moment. And he will reflect whatever I need to see in myself for that moment. That's it. And still, I have the human overlay of the romance, for sure. I still have that. It comes in as well. But ultimately, it's like he's the perfect man for me for now. I'm going to learn something from this and he may go or he may stay. But ultimately, it's not about him. It's about me, not in a selfish way, but in that. So that's that's sacred for me. That is a sacred partnership. Um, and also there is this exchange for sure, like both negative and positive or light and dark shadow and light. We're drawn to people who have qualities that we, we admire and we want. And uh, something, you know, I can give you a concrete example of how this works. Like my, my last lover uh, was a, a trader. He trades stocks and shares. And I mean, God, who'd have thought that I would end up with someone who does that? Because I kind of, <laughs> it's just not what I would have envisaged for myself. But I've been working for this, another big area of growth for me has been, I've been working on um, manifesting wealth and attending to my finances because I'd not been very good at that. I mean, I had been when I was in business, but since sort of being in the more spiritual realms, I haven't really tended to my financial world with responsibility. And so I'd started to do the inner work on that, on sort of shifting my mindset and shifting my reality. And in came a guy who trades stocks and shares and was making 10,000 pounds a week, you know, like what a great reflection um and so that ignited something in me and i've started to buy cryptocurrency like who would have thought i would start to do that i would never have thought i was going to do that i'm sure that was part of the exchange between me and him in that relationship so you know we can take the positive what do you admire what do you respect and recognize that that's something that you already have within you right and then same with what we call the negative or the shadow. It's like, ah, oh, so their shadow shows me my shadow. It's as simple as that. It's never about blaming the other person for what they've done wrong. Even the abuser, actually, you know, that showed me my codependency. Um, so that's that. And then as far as the energy goes, I do personally, that is something I think 
people could be maybe more aware of in terms of, you know, because I talk a lot about sex and sexuality and I'm very open about it. And like, I love sex. I love making love. Like, whoa, I love it. Like, it's great. Bring me more love making in my life, please. Like, come on universe. I want it. (laughs) But for me, I want it in a safe container of relationship. Uh, And that is because I, I, I feel and understand the depth of the energy exchange that happens uh, even even before there's any physical intimacy, there's an energy exchange that's already happening. And once you're physically intimate, you're exchanging energy. What? And again, this is for men and women to know. So what the man brings, his level of consciousness, you know, he gives to you. This is what I said to my last partner. It's like, what you give me, I will amplify. The, the woman creates and grows. She grows with her energy. So if he's coming at you with shit energy and you let him in, you're going to just amplify that into the world and through your own being. So any like chaotic thinking and traumas or anything, you know, it's going to come into you, you're going to amplify it. There is that exchange that is happening energetically and the feminine, the woman receives, we take in, we absorb, right? He gives. Um, So I do have experienced that and I do, you know, I, I think of it in those terms. So therefore it does we want to be, well, I'm not going to tell you anyone what to do. I want to be um, mindful of what I let in. And then as far as the clearing, um, yeah, I mean, when I did my Kundalini yoga teacher training, they actually told us that, you know, you you carry the man's imprint for seven years, I think they said. Mm. And I remember when I heard that, I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to believe that. That's not, that's not, no, like I've had loads of lovers. That's shit. I don't believe that. And then uh, when we did our, when I did my priestess initiation, we did a womb clearing. So we cleared out the imprint of all our lovers. Went on quite a long time. <laughs> and, all that. and so now I do do, I do a clearing after I've been intimate with someone, I will do a womb clearing for myself. I will cut the cords um, and I do a ritual around it. Uh, but I feel, uh, again, we're all unique. I do feel, um, this is personally for me, I do get very attached. Not everyone does. Um, so those attachments last for me quite a while. And doing one cord cutting isn't enough. Uh, it's an ongoing process of of releasing until there is a right swords action. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so this is something for me to be mindful of. We have to be aware of our own attachment style. Yeah. You know, I've studied all of that stuff as well, and I've definitely had an anxious attachment style that I've worked to heal. Um, so not everyone is the same we're all very different but know yourself and and so even though it's super exciting when you get like you know the first flush of love and desire and it's like yeah you know just remember that there's something deeper going on and how are you going to navigate out of that and is he going to be able to be there with you or are you able to be there with you like if something goes pear-shaped can you hold yourself in that and walk through the pain and the letting go because you may be called to do so you have to sort of recognize that from the start and not blame the other for your experience 
What do you feel intuitively is your next um, relationship? Do you feel like the next one is the one or do you feel like there's another lesson waiting for you? I don't think I believe in the one anymore in that way. Like I don't, I don't, I used to believe in twin flames and the whole thing. Um, I do believe in sacred partnership and sacred union, but for me, this always is first and foremost here with me. Um, I am, I hold the intention for myself to be in a tantric conscious partnership that, that it has some longevity to it because I've had a lot of short relationships. So I really love to experience sort of a deeper ongoing relationship because I do believe, you know, that way we can both deepen. Um, and that's what I really want to deepen and experience uh, the growth that comes from being together with another uh, over a period of time, both the growth, the companionship, the love, um, you know, because ultimately, again, as part of my mission of love, I want my relating to bring more love, not just for me, but for everybody, you know, like, so that, that there's a making of love, that like, that love feeds, feeds the world, that that would be my ideal. Yeah. I'm finding that, not me personally, but with others that are single, that they are um, in this time, almost not spoke for choice, the, the, the opposite. It's almost like um, because of the way certain people think, there is, there's a shortage of available, like people aren't as available <laughs> with certain choices and whatnot. So um, do you have to ask certain questions? Do you get a sense? Do you, what, what do you do? How do you navigate that? You are nosy, you are very nosy. Sorry, sorry. Are you asking for yourself or a friend? It's for a friend. <laughs> okay. No, but you know what? This is good because it's real and it's like so many people uh, are having the same thing. Like, even if you've been breaking all the fucking stupid rules, I've just got to say it, you know, stupid fucking rules about who you can hug. I was like, fuck off out of telling me what to do with my body and my... <laughs> you know, seriously, but um, it's still been so much harder to connect and to meet people. Like I'm craving connection and touch and masculine energy. So look, um, I, um, yeah, it, it is because, because there is this uh, greater appearance of separation that is presenting itself now um between you know people who hold certain beliefs around everything that's going on and even more people who want to do certain things with their body or not and that is creating uh, a greater sense of separation but you know you can go into the fear around that or you can go into the oh great it makes things a lot easier for me I don't even have to even bother about this lot of people anymore you know I'm just going to focus on this lot because they're awake to what's going on and, and I, you know, am I going to compromise myself and be with someone who's not? No, like I couldn't, I couldn't like, does that feel an integrity with myself? No. So, you know, we can go into fear or we can go into trust. And, um, you know, it is again, another call, I think, to, to really hold in trust and faith and integrity that the more you honor that in you, the more people are going to show up who are aligned with it. And I, I love, talking from my own experience just to kind of highlight things i've joined this group on facebook 
called uh, Awakened Dating. And uh, I, this is really like, I would be, I would have been embarrassed to tell you this, but I'm not now because I don't care. I joined Tinder three weeks ago and it's been great because I, I haven't had that much interaction with men in ages, not in the flesh uh, yet, but even just flirting. And um, it's, it's teaching me something, you know, because I, I, I think I was getting a little bit precious about it all. And now it's, it's really brilliant exercise ground for me to be discerning, first of all, like, yes, no, yes, no, yes, no. Um, and to be very clear, because one of my patterns for me was out of the fear of rejection or out of the fear of losing someone I was attracted to, I noticed myself avoiding telling the complete truth just kind of sidestepping things or making excuses for certain things so that we'd stay in connection. And it's really, really tricky, that part of me that, that would do that. And so now in this online dating, I'm like, I'm noticing when the inclination comes to like, not speak my truth so that he'll still like me, you know, and I'm like, no, you speak your truth. You say exactly how it is. You say what you want. And it's a yes or it's a no. And it's teaching me about attachment and letting go. Cause like I've met some guys who online are just like, Oh, gorgeous. And then I realized that there's no way we'd be able to be in an aligned relationship. So I say goodbye. And then another person comes along who's even better. And then, you know, so it's teaching me and it's quite good fun and I'm enjoying flirting. So it's like, uh, not, no, not so much attachment play, explore being in your truth and in your integrity and keep holding the vibration of, well, what is it I really want? What is it I really want? What is it I really desire? This is what it feels like. This is what I really desire. Um, and keep holding that, you know, so again, reflection and who knows, but I've just manifested through Tinder of all places, a guy who said in his thing, he wants a tantric partnership. Like what are the chances? Most of the people there do just want to have sex, to be honest. And I don't, that's not what I'm here for. And um, I spoke with a really lovely man yesterday called Rumi, the poet of love. He was gorgeous. You know, so we can manifest um, and practice discernment, practice non-attachment, keep holding the vibration of what you want to attract and be that for yourself. And, um, you know, even as we do inevitably go through ups and downs. I have my days when I'm literally sitting there and I'm like, there's no fucking men anywhere. There's no awake men. There's no tantric men. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so horny. You know, like, you know, we all have those days. You know, the reason why I'm a nosy bastard is because like, I've been with my husband since we're 19. Um, and I'm 40 this year. So um, when I was, you know, 17, 18, you know, you're exploring and I, and I didn't like the rejection. Like I didn't feel like I was successful. Um, and then one of my uh, gay friends posted yesterday or the day before on Instagram that she, um, she was like, does anything else speak gay more than Dr. Martens? I was like, oh, is that why I didn't pull when I was young? <laughs> Dr. Martens. <laughs> so, um, so, and it was, I remember consciously thinking that um, I don't want to, like, I want to find somebody 
I don't want to have to keep going through this, like even back then. And, but then at the same time, I can see how enjoyable potentially doing the whole uh, Tinder. It's almost like I lived through my single friend. Like, oh, so what does he look like? And all this sort of stuff. Um, and then I just get bored and I'm like, and then other times, you know, you, when, when you're with a partner, you're just like, oh my God, I wish I was single. I like, and if, and if I was single, I don't even want a man. Like I, I, I just thought when, when, when the times when it's been bad with my husband, I was like, I couldn't think of anything worse. Like I know, um, of, um, one of the mums, she separated from her husband and they had like five kids. And I was like, and then she was on to another relationship like months later. And I was like, I couldn't think of anything worse than doing that. Like, I do not want any man anywhere near me. Like that's, so there's like total polarity in that. So make of that what you will. But um, I don't know, Susie, what do you feel? I think it's, uh, what I love about you Shakti is this openness that you have and how beautifully you've explained your, not explained, you're just telling it as it is. You're explaining who you are um, on, on what you do. And I think the thing with the relationships is fascinating, but even I've been with my husband since uh, I was 21. So I'm 50 wow. Wow. And, and yeah, and I've got to say, I resonated with so much of what you were saying because um, I made myself homeless at 17. So, um, and some stuff came up for me, which I'll look out for, because, and that's what I thank you for, for the words that you said. And, you know, when you come from an abused, abandoned background, it, it really did. You really made me think about the relationship I have, because I always grow and evolve with him, even if he's not, um, you know, because everybody is in their own, um, in their own what story in their own experience you know and and I think you've just you've just hit so much for me you know and and I think it's great because we do grow and evolve but there's times when we don't grow and we're stagnated and you could think oh stuff this but you always learn something from your relationship I've learned so much and it may have been the attachments the attachments or but there's also more to learn you know, even though I've been with him nearly 30 years, there's so much more for me to learn, you know. Mm. Um, and your truth, it's, oh, it's it's beautiful to, you know, the, the waves that you talk about life is, our experience of life um, is an emotional one. And you, you're, you, you say, you say it in a really great way of, it, it's a spiral, it's not a straight line. And that's what I love, you know. Um, mm. And I love Denise because she's so nosy. She's asking stuff. <laughs> and you know, and you're in you for being so honest and open. That's what I love. I love honest and open people. I could just, the juice of it is amazing. It's, <laughs> it's beautiful. It really is beautiful. <laughs> so, I mean, we've been talking for a long time now. And I just want to thank you so much for um, sharing yeah. um, your experience and your wisdom. Um, is there anything you want to leave with, like any sort of point you want to make, um, any truth bomb you want to drop to our listeners? Truth bomb. <laughs> well, you know, um, yeah, two things I want to say. Like, so just it's just really beautiful hearing you both speak about your your long term relationships, and you know, just to kind of come back to what you said, Denise, just now. 
uh, the grass can always be greener because like I meet like so many single people who are longing for a relationship and then I meet quite a few people in long-term relationships who look at the single people and they feel envious you know so the grass is always greener and it's like well here's your reality so you know be grateful for the reality that you have now and sometimes it can take a fresh perspective to bring that gratitude back um but then be sort of beyond the field of relationships and just back into the sort of more how we opened really back with uh the divine feminine and the awakening and the rising of this energy within each and every one of us. I would just, I don't know, my, I don't know if it's a truth bomb. It's just what my heart is saying really. And my heart is just really calling, you know, so strongly to every woman, to every man and woman, actually just to, to, to trust what you feel in your heart and to be guided by that and to to step up beyond the fear really just just come and be and show up in your magnificence take off the mask <laughs> take off the veil and let yourself shine let yourself shine and if anything's holding you back from that then Go and find someone who's going to support you in shining because the world needs people to shine right now. We need the light to shine. <laughs> That's the truth. <laughs> That's Thank it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Really appreciate your time and, and, um, and your energy. My pleasure. It's been fun. <laughs> That's what it's all about. Thank you. Thank you so much.